This is The Good List. I'm Tish Oxenrider. This is a habit. So I don't know about you, but when I think about this upcoming fall in the year of our Lord 2020, it feels like looking at a path covered mostly by fog, with only the first few steps in front of me even visible. This global pandemic has made it such so that for many of us, our life still isn't, quote, normal. If you're in the U.S., which is where we're now woefully behind much of the world in terms of collectively lowering our case numbers, many things are still either closed or not operating as normal. Stores and restaurants still allow only minimal capacity. Libraries are grab-and-go only. Many churches are still online only, as well as other types of gatherings. And of course, you got to wear a mask everywhere. The understatement of the year is that things are different. And so it's natural to see mostly fog when we think of the rest of the year, because for many parts of our life, we don't know how next week will operate, not to mention the rest of the year. But here's the thing, and you know it's true if you're listening to this some other time of year or years into the future. We've never been able to see very far along our paths. The most we're ever given at any time is just a few steps of visibility, with the bulk of the future in front of us covered in fog. So pandemic or not, the reality of not knowing what's in store for us is just how the world works. A pandemic might make this feel more relevant or pressing because our usuals are all upended, but nothing's changed about what we can control if you think about it. Because there's actually only a few things we can control at any time in our life, global crisis or not. And that's not to be fatalistic. In fact, this is kind of encouraging. It's encouraging because when we're uncertain about most parts of our lives, we can only focus on the things we've been given to control and oversee. At some point, we have to let go of the stuff that's not ours to control beyond, you know, the part we can play ourselves. So for example, We do our part to socially distance, wear masks, wash our hands, and self-quarantine when we show symptoms of being unhealthy. But the global pandemic numbers are out of our personal control. We pray, we encourage other people, and we set an example. But it's not up to us to make all the numbers in the world go down. Unless, of course, you're listening and you're an epidemiologist tasked with eradicating the virus, in which case, yes, please, go forth and do this noble work and Godspeed. This is the same for our regular, quote, lives. We do our part, for example, to do the tasks on our list for work, to be good employees and to do our jobs with excellence. But ultimately, we're not in control of how our bosses react or how other coworkers do their jobs. We do our part to be a good parent, but we're not in control of our child's reactions. As I read somewhere recently, my child may not be impressed with my parenting, but right now I'm not impressed with my child's childing. My point is that when it feels like the future beyond just a few steps is covered in fog, that's because it always is. And that's okay, because that's how life works. And yet, we can still do so much more than despair because we still have on our plates the responsibility and privilege of doing that which is ours to do. So in the case of this fall, specifically 2020, there's obviously a lot of unknowns, but copy and paste these thoughts for all of life, right? In fact, no matter when you're listening to this, consider this a pep talk for all of us at any time. 
In the next two episodes here on The Good List, I'm going to expound on the idea of embracing your fog-covered reality with some more practicals. But for this first part, I think it's good for all of us to remember these three things. Number one, life is filled with partial solutions. Number two, it's wise to create routines and rhythms where we can. And number three, focus on that which is only on us to control. If you know me at all, or if you've read or listened to me for a while, you know I'm all about partial solutions. So I won't rehash what I've already said in detail elsewhere, but here's the gist. Because life doesn't work perfectly, as mature adults, we need to embrace partial solutions. I first learned this when we lived overseas, and I was telling my therapist that it wasn't worth the effort to meet a girlfriend over coffee to make deeper friendships, because in our city, it would take an hour of public transportation one way to meet with an English-speaking friend over coffee for an hour, and then an hour back on public transportation home. I had a two-year-old, I was pregnant with my second, and I was also in the deep mire of depression, and I was in culture shock. No way was a cup of coffee with someone who was only an acquaintance for one hour worth it. My therapist stopped me in my tracks when he said, actually, it is worth it. It's not ideal because ideal would be a coffee shop a five minute walk away to meet a friend you've known for years and the language barrier isn't a problem. But that's not your reality. So with your reality in mind, the traveling of two hours for one cup of coffee with an acquaintance is a partial solution. It's what's good enough It's what will work for now, and it's worth the effort because it's what you've got. This wisdom is what kept me living overseas for several more years after that, and honestly, it's what's gotten me through many, many other situations in my life since then. And on this side of things, I now say it's a sign of maturity to embrace partial solutions. Life doesn't bend to our will. So how will I make my current situation as is work for right now, even if it's not my ideal? That's embracing partial solutions. And right now, this particular rest of the year 2020, but really at any time, we've got to embrace our partial solutions. Very little in life these days is ideal, but that's okay because most of us have enough partial solutions that will work. Second, it's wise to create routines and rhythms where we can. If I'm not able to control things like how my work meetings run on Zoom or how much longer the mail takes to arrive these days or the options available for my kids' schooling, I can create small little rhythms to my day to help me feel more grounded. My friend Kendra talked recently about her morning routine in episode 38 of The Good List, and I talked about mine way back in episode 5. Morning routines are a great example of this because these little rituals are what help us feel grounded when lots of life feels uncertain. Waking up at roughly the same time, then doing my familiar routine of making coffee, reading and prayer, writing out my day's to-do list, working out and showering help keep me grounded. So I won't go into more for now, but in an upcoming episode, I'll talk a bit more about the goodness of life-giving routines when everything feels uncertain. And third, like I've already said, it's essential to focus our efforts on that which is only on us to control. I'll also get into more of this in an upcoming episode, but in essence, it's good to remember that even during a global pandemic, and even when things feel foggier in front of us for whatever reason, relationships are still the most important thing. They trump to-do lists, feeling productive, having a perfectly cleaned house, increasing our wealth, or being in shape. 
The people we've been given to love and serve are the things that matter most, including our families, our neighbors, and the collective common good of the world. So when we make an effort to control that which is ours to control, namely our reactions to circumstances, we are investing in our relationships because we're investing in our character, in ourselves, in our humanity. Again, more on this in an upcoming episode. So as this episode goes out in late summer 2020, yes, there's not that much that's predictable in front of us, but there are a few solid things on her calendars, and that's holidays. And if you're like me, even though I usually balk at the thought of longing for a holiday season that's still months before it's time, this year I kind of get it. I am craving fall right now. The weather, of course, because here in Texas, it's basically the surface of the sun. But honestly, how good does it sound right now? I mean, I guess if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, to watch leaves change color, to curl up with a blanket, bake with pumpkin, and generally feel like time is moving. I'm raising my hand here right now, which is why I especially feel like the eventual holidays are a welcome sight for sore eyes. They're way in the distance, but it sounds nice to have them waiting for us. They're a sign of hope because we know they will happen. This ties into some news I have, which is actually hilarious considering it's late summer. My next book comes out in only 10 days, if you're listening to this episode when it comes out. 10 days! And the reason it's mildly hilarious is because this next book of mine is for Advent. Yep, the four weeks we recognize that lead us into the season of Christmas. It's called Shadow and Light, A Journey into Advent, and it's officially out in bookstores everywhere on September 1st, 2020. It's certifiably bonkers to talk about Advent right now, seeing as most of us are just trying to get our heads around a new school year beginning when absolutely nothing is normal. So I'm not going to talk to you about Advent. I'm not a monster. (laughs) All I'm going to do right now is tell you this. When you go ahead and order your copy of Shadow and Light now, what you'll do for Advent is already crossed off the list. I wrote this guidebook for Advent using the Psalms because I couldn't find what I needed. I needed something entirely open and go that would work for our whole family with a no pressure, you're never behind, quick reflection that's still meaningful and meaty. Advent this year isn't until November 29th in 2020, so there's no urgency to planning right now. But by ordering your copy of Shadow and Light now, you won't have to remember later when it's two days before Advent, which is, we've all been there, right? And as a thank you for ordering early in the season, I'm going to give you two extras to help you prepare for the holidays with a stress-free mindset. The first one is a three-part audio series where I share a 101 on just what the heck is the liturgical calendar and therefore Advent how to incorporate more of the rhythms of the liturgical calendar in your everyday life, and then a conversation with my friend Haley Stewart, where we chat about what we do in our own homes with our kids' ages for Advent. And then two, I've got for you a gorgeous liturgical calendar wheel from artist Leah Bannock that you can print and hang as reference and as art, because it's truly gorgeous, y'all. These gifts are intentionally not to clutter your life. They're to pair well with shadow and light so that you get more out of Advent without doing more or adding more to your plates. Trust me, that's the last thing I want to do. 
And also, just so you know, ordering books early really helps your favorite authors. Because with your order, you're telling bookstores that this book has readers. So they'll make sure they have plenty stocked up. And this is actually important for a book like Shadow and Light because it's seasonal. And with this being an election year, Advent will sneak up on people. And I'd hate for bookstores to not have enough copies of Shadow and Light in stock later in the fall. So if you can, and if you like the thought of both supporting this book and making your own life easier by giving your future self the gift of already having your Advent guide, please go ahead and order Shadow and Light now. And thank you so, so, so much already. I can't do what I do without readers, which is you. So you're truly a gift to me. So to find the book and the free extras I want to give you, go to shadowandlightadvent.com or just use the link I've got in the show notes of this episode, number 40 of The Good List. So one more time, that's shadowandlightadvent.com. As a reminder, I'm on Twitter at Tish and every now and then on Instagram at Tish Oxenrider. But if you'd really like to interact with me and stay in the know with what's on my mind, your best bet is my free weekly email called Five Quick Things. This is where I devote most of my energy to communicating with you, and I send it out most every Friday morning. So to get it, go to fivequickthings.email and sign up for free or just find the link in this episode's show notes. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod, and thanks as always to Caroline Tissell and Kyle Oxenrider for their help, as well as my furry intern, Jenny. I'm Tish Oxenrider, and I'll be back with you soon. Thanks for listening to The Good List. Good List.